Hello everyone and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be discussing today's topic, learning to love yourself as a single mother. My name is Lucy Good and I am the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. My aim with these podcasts is to get useful, targeted information to single mums wherever you are and whatever you're doing. I hunt down experts in the subjects that matter to single mums and I ask the questions that I think you want to know the answers to. The information being shared in my free podcast can save you time, money and a whole lot of worry. Why pay for services or waste time looking for information when you can get it right here? And if you have questions that are specific to your situation, my guests are always happy to go a step further, so don't be afraid to contact them directly if you like what you're hearing. And talking of guests, I take great pleasure in welcoming today's podcast guest, Alvia Turney. Alvia is um, CEO of Act for Tomorrow, which is a fabulous company and a real breath of fresh air for those navigating the sometimes murky waters of separation. Act for Tomorrow is making a huge impact on the separation industry by avoiding the traditional methods of separation and saving clients tens of thousands of dollars in the process. Alvia saw a better way to separate after her own negative and expensive experience. From breakup to communicating with your ex-partner and from negotiating a settlement to all the legal complexities, Act for Tomorrow handles everything. I have personally worked with Alvia in the past and I can tell you that this is a lady who loves life. I thoroughly enjoy the times we spend together and always walk away feeling empowered and wonderful in some way. And I have no doubt that Alvia will rub some of her positivity and self-well-being off on you during this podcast. Welcome, Alvia. Thank you, Lucy. I feel very honoured to be asked. Thanks very much. Oh, no, we love having you here. And um, just to, I'm just going to let our... Um, our listeners know because they could be easily forgiven for thinking that you and I are sitting in an office block in, in London or somewhere in England. <laughs> with, with two English accents. <laughs> with our English accents, yes, that's right. But um, just to let everyone know that we are long-term residents of the sunny coast and um, I, you know, I'm very happy about that. I wouldn't have it any other way, would you, Alvia? No, I, and I can actually say that not only do I have my Australian passport, but I've been here for over 20 years, so that makes me a local. Yeah, oh, well, it really does. Yeah, I'm only eight years, so you, you, you've doubled my time. <laughs> so it makes me look like a newcomer. <laughs> okay, look, we'll, we'll head straight in, because um, I've got lots of questions for you. Um, Lovely. So, look, um, my first question for you is, You've experienced a journey um, from partner to single mum firsthand, um, and you know how challenging it is, yet you've used your journey to create this unique support service which helps hundreds of other single mums to love life and love themselves. What was your personal turning point that made you decide to use your experience to help other people? That's a very good question, Lucy. For me, there were two major turning points that drew me into creating a separations business. The first one was the realization that during my breakup, there was absolutely no one who explained what would happen next. I would actually, you know, I couldn't even think about how I was going to leave home. 
family and friends were, were wonderful, but I was going around in circles in my head and their answers didn't actually make a plan of what to do today, tomorrow and the next day. The second turning point, which was my main reason, was after I had finally finished um, and engaged a lawyer to tackle my, my very determined ex-husband, and once we'd reached settlement and the legal services world, if you've never gone down that road, you just don't realise how huge the bills are going to be. And it's not just the cost, it's the other costs on you personally, emotionally, how it just drains you and on the family. It's extremely destructive. It's an argument which just destroys a family and you as an individual. At the end of the two years, I was emotionally broken and I did not have the outcome in court that the lawyer had promised. The financial cost was in the tens of thousands of dollars. But it was then that I said, literally, this has to stop. There has to be a better way for people. Yes, somebody needs to hold your hand and step you in and out as quickly as possible. And someone who cares to stop it costing a fortune. Yeah, look, that both of the points that you've, you've made there really sort of ring true with me, certainly, and I'm sure they would with lots of other uh, mothers who have been through similar experiences. And I think what's so hard is that is the timing of everything. We're dealing with all these emotional issues and then all of a sudden we are introduced to the world of legalities um, which we most women know nothing about. They've never ever had the experience of a lawyer in their life. They don't know how it works. It's almost a totally different language to them and I'm sure they're very capable of understanding it. But it's very difficult to cope um, with everything else um, that's happening at that particular time in your life. So it's a timing issue that's so mm. hard. You, instead of somebody coming into your life and making it harder and more expensive and more stressful, you need somebody yes. to come in who's going who's gonna to do the opposite, really. And you need somebody who is not billing by the hour. Because you are emotional, you're sharing your story which is on the clock and really the story isn't relevant at that stage with the lawyer really they just need the facts and that's why a service of somebody who's going to actually care for you and step you through and help you not to wallow but to to gain confidence and to start thinking clearly and being organized is what i was looking for for myself mm. and to help love yourself as well as we're, we're talking about here mm. So, so I'll just move on to the next one. So look, many single mums can struggle to adapt to their shiny new status of single mum. Uh, many have low self-esteem and feelings of inadequacy. Uh, they can feel a long way from loving themselves. Um, what's the most important piece of advice you would give them at this stage in their life? I remember that feeling and that sense of loss and it was coupled with the disappointment and sometimes I was just downright lonely. Getting a job or doing something productive is my advice. Getting a job in the very first, uh, in the least, it gives you a routine and that's very, very important. Getting dressed, don't slob around in trackies and put on makeup, feel good about who you are. It makes you feel productive. And if you get a glimpse of yourself in the mirror, you, you feel better. But if you haven't got up and got dressed and you haven't got your, you, you know, your glamour face on, you catch a glimpse and you just think, good grief, I look awful. <laughs> and it just drags you down. Um, 
always start with some simple goals, things that you will achieve so that you feel better about yourself. And exercise. It's it's small things like tidy up the kids' wardrobe this week or go walking three times a week. Get a book out from the library and learn a new skill. You know, I actually learned how to make cookies. Uh, that was just something really lovely. It's good to see friends, but make some time to be you. Go to yoga, go to meditation, or simply sit by the beach. Go to the park. Every week, I would say, this is the, the key, is spend one or two hours on your own. Find out who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. And something that you know, we don't feel we have time for as single mums because we are so busy. But it's oh. understanding that if we do take time out for ourselves, it's going to help us as a person. And that, in turn, helps our children. Um, and what I really love what you, about what you just said there was how... It really is about the simplicity of it because we don't need to take huge steps. Um, just really simple things are all that we need. And I can actually <laughs> relate to that because one of my New Year's resolutions I'm still sticking to, I might add, is that every week I try and sort out one thing in my house. And you mentioned about clearing out cupboards. And I last week I tidied one of my kitchen cupboards and I felt so proud of myself for having done it that I actually put a photo of it on um, my Facebook group and I, I, I called it the cupboard challenge and I challenged the other mums on there to take a picture of their messiest cupboard and um, I, I've given them a week and said, you know, and then I'm going to make you accountable in a week. I want to see a picture of your tidy cupboard. And mm. I've got heaps of messy cupboards on my Facebook group at the moment. But the reason that I did it is because I just know how rewarding it can be if you, um, if you do take the time to do something small. Um, you set yourself a small goal and you achieve it. You think, yeah, I've done it. You know, it doesn't matter how small it is. You still feel good about yourself and you start to like yourself more, don't you? Yes, you do. That sense of achievement, it just gives a, a little bit of positivity to the day. Yeah. So start small and work your way up. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it would be easy to feel overwhelmed, of course, um, and to sort of have the feeling that you know you need to start loving yourself, but you're just not sure how or where to start. So are you able to break down the process a little and give an actionable starting point of how we can go about learning to love ourselves again? Mm, well, it's funny because I'm a list maker. I love lists and I love the diary and the two combined working together is how I created the life that I have. And I love to say that I live life on my terms. So I make a list of all the things that you would want done. You know, the practical, sometimes boring stuff, chores, mow the lawn, clean windows, whatever it is, you, you write your list. You make a list of all the things you want, haircut, lose weight, a tighter butt, anything that's your dream list. And you can also have a big dream list too, a holiday, and be specific, something like, I would love to have a week in Bali. Then in the diary, look at the week to come. What you do, the secret is you fill in what time you're going to get up and you literally write it down 6 a.m 7 a.m doesn't matter and fill in your day make kids lunches take the kids to the school and you don't just write a list in the diary you put a time next to it so what time do you leave eight o'clock 8 20. then what are you going to do next at nine o'clock food shopping then say 2 15 pick up the kids you fill up the diary but this is the key 
in advance of writing the to-do list in the diary, write in something that you wish to do every single day from the happy list. Things like meet a friend for coffee or going to the gym. This is the most important because then you don't feel like all you're ever doing is running around for children or feeling tired or because you've got something to look forward to. Then you put the dream stuff in, the holiday. It'll give you something to look forward to and start planning to put a little amount of money aside for that holiday. So the holiday might be in a year's time. You work it out, there's 52 weeks until the holiday. If I save X amount, how am I going to do this? If you haven't got X amount to put away, this is when you might look for a, a mini part-time job or if you're, you know, do extra things that might bring in the money so that you can reach your goals. You have to just look at and believe and, and work towards your goals. If you don't have any dreams and any goals to work towards, really, you've got nothing anyway. So it's lovely to have something every day when you turn the page and say, oh, look, I wrote down on Wednesday, I'm going to the beach. So even if it's raining, follow through. Yeah, and, it, and it's like little incentives, isn't it? It's peppering yeah. your life with little incentives. And it's what we do with our children when they're young as well. We say, look, if you do this, then you can have that. Um, and it yes. really does work. It's human nature. And I love the fact that you say to write it down um, because I was recently um, reading an article about goals that was saying how if you write your goals down or if you tell somebody about them, then it's, apparently it's about 80% chance more chance that you're likely to, to do them because you've actually you put it out there and you, you've told someone about it if you keep it to yourself and you don't take it out of your head then you can just ignore it pretend it never happened but if you get that diary like you say and you write it down and you tell other people you're much more likely to move forward and make things happen I think I totally agree. The other thing, once you start telling people, other people come up with ideas of how you can achieve those goals. Yeah, they so do, yeah. yeah. And not only that, they, they, they offer perhaps to come and, you know, they, oh yeah, you know, I want to do that as well, and then you've got a partner in your goal achieving, or you've just so got somebody to make you accountable. Yes. Um, yeah, so look, we... We often talk about letting go, and I had to mention it on this podcast. Um, I, for one, understand the power and the life-changing effect of, of doing this, but it's definitely easier said than done, and it certainly isn't as easy as someone saying, oh, just let it go. What is your advice to single mums who are struggling to let go of the past? I, um, you're making me giggle with that question because just let it go was one of the most irritating comments that I found people used to say to me. What does that mean? How do you let something go? In my case, my ex-husband had had two affairs and I couldn't understand why I had to let it go. I was angry and um, surely I had every right. So I came out... Uh, poorly from the court situation as well I was even more angry about that and I talked to everyone on and on and on now I look back not only was that so boring for everyone else it was also so destructive for me because I was living in the past of disappointment I wasn't allowing myself to be happy by not letting go I was actually constantly reliving the misery and if I could just let it go I could actually see the wood for the trees that I wasn't actually in that situation anymore 
But I, again, I was still at that point of what is that supposed to do? How do you let go? Until one day I was asked by somebody, so what was your role in all of this? Well, that question seemed grossly unfair at the time as I hadn't been the one who'd had a fit, an affair and cheated. I couldn't understand, well, I hadn't done anything. And it wasn't until I took full responsibility for actually staying in that situation that I realised that was my role. Choosing that person to stay with, behaving in the way that I had by accepting certain behaviours and letting things happen to me. When I started to take ownership of what my role in that relationship was, and I could actually let it go, because then it suddenly wasn't someone else I could blame. Suddenly I realized if I have the power to just um, accept my situation, that means I have the power to live today in a happy state of mind. And that's what letting go is for me. It is. And it's, it's a bit of a realisation, I think, isn't it? Because I did a lot of um, research about letting go for myself, but also for my single mum course um, that I offer, um, because I've got a small section on there about letting go. And it really is make, about making that big 360 turn, isn't it? Because you're so mm. busy saying, well, it's not my fault. You know, somebody else did this to me. Um, but not until you actually can accept as you say, exactly as you say, your part in it, um, mm. that you are then able to handle the situation and change things. You need to, 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 take, to take control of it, um, hold on to it, almost grasp it, and then let it go. <laughs> totally, yeah. Not as easy as that, perhaps, but, you know, and it would take longer, and it, you, you need support sometimes for it, but you do need to spin things around, um, take control, and then let go. So, yeah, thanks so much. I, I totally get where, you're, where you were going with that. That was brilliant. Thank you. Um, so, look, many mums are so busy with, especially single mums, are so crazy busy with all the elements of their life that they find it quite hard, perhaps after they've managed to let go, but to move forward. The term stuck in a rut definitely comes to mind. So can you share with us your secrets for getting out of that proverbial rut? Mm. Um, again, you know, I'm going back to the two things that I've just brought up. The first is to diary things because that kept me active. And the other thing about letting go is that I wasn't wasting my day reminiscing and feeling like I was missing out. Because stuck in a rut is actually that. It's your thought process that you're stuck back where you were, but you're not. You're actually far forward. If only you could just appreciate and live today. So again, I say the diary. Um, I had a big thing that I kept saying, I can't fit everything in. I just can't. And I remember somebody saying to me, well, yes, you can. You have to get up earlier. So I do get up at 5 a.m. and I read till 6 because I wanted to read for myself. And then I exercise. And um, I have one other funny thing, which is um, exercise is important because you can mix that in with even the school run, perhaps walk the kids to school. You don't have to go to the gym. You can do it whichever way you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I was just thinking. No, I was, the reason I was just hesitating then because I was um, just thinking about my own situation <laughs> in terms of yeah. exercise and fitting it into my life. And uh, one of the things that I've just done recently is I've um, got a step machine. 
and, yes. um, because it's, ever, it's just so hot outside um, and I don't really have the time to go out walking or running and I don't want to in, in this heat here in Queensland so I've got a, a step machine which um, I just have in my living room so when I've got the air conditioning on um, I, I hop onto it and I spend half an hour stepping and I can check my emails, I can read a book, I can watch something on Netflix but I'm doing it at the same time as something else so yeah. if you, you have to plan a little bit but if you sort of work out ways to fit those good activities into your life that move you out of that rut then um, it really does, um, it does work for you but you have to you have to plan how you're going to do it, don't you? It's not something that, once you're in that rut, it's hard to get out without planning and um, taking action. The other thing that got me out of a rut, when I remember feeling really low and you have the chores and you've got the kids' things to do and you've got to clean the kitchen floor and you've got to do all that stuff, I had a neighbour who was an absolutely gorgeous friend. We had children the same age. And... You know, when you can see that pile of ironing or whatever it is you need to do, you just don't feel like it. Well, what we did is we would go to each other's houses, but not for coffee. We would actually go to the other person's house and sit and chat and gossip while the other person did their chores. It was so much fun. And it actually stopped you feeling down because you had somebody who was sharing your day. You didn't waste your day because you were being proactive. And somebody's watching your children because it's impossible sometimes with a small baby to wash the floor. It's, or even just to go to the toilet. But if you've got a girlfriend in the house who's got her children, honestly, that is a, a fabulous thing to do, Lucy. I really recommend that one. Oh, yeah. Did you actually get any work done? <laughs> I think yes, I just sit yes, there and no, chat. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we have another cup of coffee and we'll do some work in half an hour? <laughs> I can see that happening. <laughs> no, I do get where you're coming from. And I think like we were saying earlier as well, it's about doing things with other people and making, you know, making yourself accountable. Um, if you say to a friend, I'm, you know, I'm going to come around, I'm going to look after your, your child for you today so you can get the housework done, then they have to do it, don't they really? Mm. And it works both ways. So no, I like that idea. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, so now I know you're an advocate of working with patterns of behaviour. So can you please explain to us what these are and why they're so important when we're learning to love ourselves again? Mm, well, we all run patterns of behaviour for various areas of our life. We work on autopilot for just about everything, really. We don't realise just how much we just do things without thinking about them. Much of our behaviour we picked up or simply absorbed whilst we were growing up, and we just behave that way. For example, why do some people yell and sadly hit their children? Well, it goes back to relationships which are toxic and they, they go out with the same types of people or they eat too much or they drink too much and it's again the pattern and you think well that's my normal so if you stop and look at what you're doing and then decide why is this um, you know in my life and where can I change it then when you work out what you're doing it is actually quite simple to change your patterns it's 
it's the time to sit back and actually look at everything that happened in the day, be accountable, and decide what you don't want. If you don't want a certain behaviour that's coming into your life, it could be screaming children, for example, that every time they come home they're always yelling and screaming, what can you do to stop that pattern of behaviour? Or perhaps it might be that that dinner's cooked or they sit down and they have their meal when they first come home or it could be we go to the park on the way home. Changing a pattern of behaviour is easier said than, than done. It really is, but it's just that we don't think outside the square. So to truly love yourself, you have to look at what is happening around you that you would like removed that you don't want and then you have to brainstorm and look at different ways of doing things because whatever you do will have a knock-on effect of what's going to come back at you. I hope that explained that. That's no, 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 it does. It does. I think I, I, I've been desperate. I just agree so much with what you're saying and really, really what rings true for me is this, you know, as you say, we all have these patterns of behaviour and we can change them but we don't take the time to stop and look and see where we're going wrong and what those, those patterns are. And that's just so true in the life of a single mum. We are so busy, busy all the time. That, I mean, I know what I'm like. I don't stop until the minute I, I fall into bed at night. And then within 10 minutes, I'm fast asleep because I'm so exhausted. And it's just, it's like it for lots of mums, not only single mums. But if we were to just stop, take stock and look at, our lives, we would probably quite easily identify where the patterns of behaviour aren't right. And, and then, as you say, small changes mm. will break those patterns. But until we take that time to stop and, and look, and I suppose it even leads back to what we were talking about at the beginning of our conversation, which is about taking time out to take a walk once a day or go to the beach or whatever and it's in those moments when you can stop and think about your life and it might come to you, you know, this isn't right and this is a pattern in my life once you've identified it you can then take action and change it can't you so yes. yeah I, I get it totally it, it, it is really very very simple and, and it's sadly that we don't take the time to stop yeah. and and think if you if you if whatever it is that you don't like happening you have to work a different way of perhaps that one hour in that day and like I say I mean the easy example easiest example for me to share with you is people will always say you know they I get the children home and all they're doing is screaming and shouting and they're just such a handful. Well, then don't bring them straight home. Mm, Do it yeah. differently. That's just this one example. But there's many, you know, oh, they don't eat dinner at dinner time. Or well, maybe they're full up on snacks because you didn't have the dinner ready. Maybe cook the dinner at eight, um, you know, nine o'clock in the morning after you've dropped them at school and then they can eat when they get home. It's just change patterns and you will have different behaviour. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've got an example of my own because I've got a 13-year-old now who's having a love affair with Apple and I can really get her off of her iPhone and she loves music as well. So she says she likes to have her phone with her while she's getting ready for school in the morning so she can listen to music. But it's never quite as simple as that and she's always late in the morning and we always end up having a mini argument about what needs to be done and what hasn't been done and, you know, get in the car, and it all comes down to that iPhone. So I simply said, I want your iPhone in the evening. I'll charge it up for you. And then when you've got everything done in the morning, I'll give you your iPhone back. 
perfect. Has, and it works. Every morning she's ready, and she's ready quickly because she wants to grab her phone to message her friends <laughs> before she goes to school. But it was such a simple fix. But it took looking and thinking, why are we going through this every morning? Ah, it's the phone. That's what's causing yes. the problem. Let's take that out of the mix and see what happens. And that was the pattern of behavior that we've changed successfully. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like your point and I can relate it to my own life. And I think I need to um, work on it more in other areas. <laughs> um, now, look, I've got a final question for you and one on a topic that I couldn't not bring up in our conversation about loving ourselves. But I chat daily on my Facebook group, The Single Mum Vine, and there's lots of talk about dating again. I personally feel there's a real emotional red flag if you start dating too early, as it might be for the wrong reasons. What's your advice to single mums considering dating again if they've not yet learned to love themselves as the wonderful person that they are? Mm. And I have a saying with my clients, which is, ha dating is so much fun until someone gets hurt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, <That's just>, true. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a cynic. I love having relationships, but I want... Um, my, the people that I invite into my life to complement my lifestyle and me. You no, know, it's not just about having someone in my life because I need a partner. I, you know, it's it's so much more. I want to complement someone else's life, and they have to complement mine. But what does that mean? It means that you need to to really um, look at society and women need to learn to love this newfound freedom. We're so lucky to have this freedom and time out for ourselves where we can actually do things. You know, years ago, women had to have a, a next husband because they weren't allowed to work. So we are really very fortunate. So don't just give up that freedom straight away. What I say in capital letters is take the time out to work out who you are. Well, what does that mean? That means to literally sit back and think, what are the sorts of things that I want in my life? And what kind of man actually suits me? Not any man and every man, because not all sizes fit. Be choosy about who you're dating and really, really look for warning signs. And what are warning signs? That means looking for somebody who may raise his voice in the first few weeks of knowing you or raise his voice to your children that could be a big red flag no i don't want someone who's going to be you know mean or um, telling my children what to do so early on if those warning signs are there you need to not nip them in the bud this person isn't going to change so be choosy and dating means trying, going out, having fun together. It doesn't mean move in together immediately. I would strongly advise people to avoid living together for at least a year. It takes a year and we all have a cycle um, and all relationship people will, 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 would agree with me that in the first year, it gives you the time to learn about somebody. The first three months is all sweetness and light, isn't it? You know, where things are lovely and, oh, there's so much attention. Honey there's so many, period. Yes. There's all those text messages and you feel fantastic and, oh, my God, I can't wait. And you keep looking at your phone and, oh, then there's another text. It's fantastic. And you are blinded, literally blinded, with the love drug. You, you can't see the warning signs yet. 
When you get to about four months to six months, that's when you will start seeing somebody's true character, including your own, start coming out. And things like maybe just a bit of rudeness or a bit of over-drinking, or you realise that their ideas about what they want to do, or even their morals, are not the same as yours. You know, somebody might say, well, yeah, you know, I want to be in a relationship, but I don't mind seeing other people. No thanks. You know, whatever your red flag is, so at six months to ten months, it's quite simple. If you are constantly arguing each week, don't be with that person. Relationships aren't actually hard work. If you are having arguments more than once a week, by the time you get to 12 months, you should not be with this person because all those little nitty-gritty things should have all been worked out by now. You should be a couple. You should be actually complementing each other's lives. So by the 12-month stage, you don't argue. You might have um, a difference of opinion about things because, of course, we're all individuals. But if you're literally arguing over day-to-day issues, then this isn't the right person for you. So be choosy, enjoy single life, have fun with girlfriends. Bad relationships do not make you feel loved and secure. It is better to be single and happy than miserable in a bad relationship. It surely is, it really is, yeah. So, I mean, I feel very lucky myself to be later on in life and to have this opportunity to be single again, really. I feel really honoured to have had this chance and I'm sure that one day I'll meet someone and settle down again but I'll always be grateful for having had a period later on in my life where I could be single, I can focus entirely on myself, what I want and my own kids and not have somebody else in my life to kind of hinder that, which I suppose makes it sound really a, part, a, a partnership really <laughs> negative. But I just feel very lucky to have this opportunity to be single, and I don't feel that there's any huge rush um, to move into something. I know not everybody feels the same way, and some people really feel that they need a partner to complement their life. But like you say, if it's not good, it's just mm. not worth it, is it? No. Uh, and. Another sort of area to, to look at with um, singledom as well is you, you really do have the opportunity to find out who you are and to, to just drop things, do things, change your mind, be the person you want to be. It's just fabulous. It really is. And people you know, embrace that. It's not just a case of you need somebody to make you feel loved. Love yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and embrace it, and I love that word embrace because it's so important, I think. So, look, now, I'm just looking at the clock, and I think that's really about all we have time for today. I do feel, um, as usual, when I chat to you, Alvia, that we could go on for hours. (laughs) Um, But I just want to say, and I'm sure the single mums listening will agree, um, thank you for offering such a wonderful service um, for people to reach out in their time of need and to find someone who genuinely cares and will guide them is just so refreshing. Um, Alvia has also very generously offered um, a free one-hour consultation to any single mums listening. Um, Alvia, can you just tell us a little bit about this um, this free offer and how my mum should contact you if they're interested? Okay, lovely. My free offer is the You Programme. It's fun and it's all about 
discovering yourself. Something that we're not taught at school or even through our families is exactly who we are. I run a program which will bring out of you the types of person that you want to have a relationship with as well as discovering the exactly what you are from your likes and dislikes to your culture to everything and this one because you've brought up about you know dating and how much fun it is this is the the course that will really help people not to make the same patterns of mistakes and choose the wrong types of um, people to have in their lives so it's a one hour free consultation i say it's one hour but i I never managed to stick to one hour. <laughs> and there's also follow-up sessions that will be with that. So you can just log on to my website, which is uh, www.act4tomorrow.com.au. Okay, thank you so much for that, Alvia. And I will, um, when I publish this podcast on the website, I will put a link through to your website so people can contact you easily there. So that's just great. We really thank appreciate you so it. Thank so much. Love <laughs> So thank you for coming on the podcast and for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. And thank you, single mums, for listening. I hope you're feeling ready to move forward, to write your to-do lists, to letting go, and most importantly, to loving yourselves for the wonderful people that you are. So until next time, ladies, goodbye. <laughs>